and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything. Top Fives, presented by The Sex Effects. I'm Joy Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we have a good old-fashioned, traditional movies and music top five episode for you this evening. But before we get to all the movies and the music, Jonathan Day, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing good, dude. Just uh, trying to get through the week and... Yeah, that's kind of it, dude. Like all the, I don't know what's coming up that I'm I'd be excited for. I started watching the uh, Winter Soldier Falcon, uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier show. Yeah, and I got up to the second episode, which is the the one they currently aired, and uh, yeah, kind of digging it. There's some very interesting, you? some interesting topics they're they're hitting there. Um, I would uh. say, but. <laughs> Based on based on Joey's expression and, and reaction, he's it's like you're not taking. Well, it. you know, I'm just like you know, and uh, whatever. I, I just so much of um, pop culture has become like I'm going to use these characters to say this thing. I'm just like, just give me a good story, and like maybe they are. I don't know because I haven't watched it. I love Anthony Mackie, yeah, but I have zero fucking desire to watch this show. Yeah, it's maybe when I get bored, I'll throw it on. But like last night, I watched um, an old Dick Cavett interview with Alfred Hitchcock, and I was fascinated <laughs> for forty-five minutes. I was like, "This is cinema. This is fantastic." This is cinema. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm giving it a go. It's not like I, I knew from the get-go. It's probably not. It's gonna be a different type of show, I guess. Like compared to like one, they're gonna be all different. So um, and... this looks more in line with regular MCU type stuff. And as yeah. we've covered in this show, I'm kind of burnt out on the MCU. I feel so. you, dude. I feel you. Hey, buddy. Sorry, my cat's like meowing in the background. Um, sorry. But yeah, I checked that out. There, there are some, yeah, there's some topics, especially, I guess, uh, yeah. Are we ready for a black um, Captain America? I think is kind of what. Of course we are. Of course yeah. we are. Yeah. So that that's what they're, we're touching on. Um, but yeah, other than that, dude, what, checking that out. Um not much really. I released an album with the Sonic Riders, uh, my production group with Maddie, uh, who's on the sh- has been on the show before, and uh, it's called uh, Synthesis. It's a five song EP, and hey buddy, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like some songs we had from the quarantine days, like last March, and uh, we figured we we have like thirty, I don't know, thirty odd tracks, but we we chose kind of the the ones that kind of work together. And, cream of the uh, crop. The cream of the crop. So yeah, check it out, guys. Um, and you can just go to at Sonic Writers on Instagram and find our, our link tree link to to find it on your streaming platforms. But uh, yeah, other than that, like just the release and and you know kind of doing that for a bit. It's been a it's been a okay week. It's been like nice and the weather's been nice too out here. It's been ch- it's not super chilly or crazy weather. Um, it's starting to feel. It has like, been nice has been nice right so very yeah, nice yeah that's kind of what's going on with me dude um how about you joe nice what's up with you what is up with me um <laughs> what is up let's see i can't remember hey buddy what did we watch friday night i don't remember this weekend I was in a bad <laughs> head space no i mean uh, i just i've i've been depressed and and you know and i'm it's my show so i'm gonna fucking say it um you know haven't been in a great headspace um and so yeah i've just kind of been withdrawing and just kind of you know doing my own thing um and having said that alicia came over friday night and and did not leave my side she was wonderful and and kind of uh, helped me reset a little bit um 
Saturday morning I had to go to the bank and close out and open a new bank account. And that was just a headache and a half a because headache, yeah. I had an appointment, but they didn't have my appointment and yeah. I had to wait and I had to walk around. And, um, um, but then afterwards, um, you know, I walked down, I went to the, the, the bank and right at the edge of Chinatown and North beach. And then when I was done, um, I walked up to Washington Square, and uh, my lady and my dog were there waiting for me. So that oh, was nice, very, dude. very lovely. Um, we got coffee. We walked around. We eventually got Joe's. We had gin fizzes. Mm, um, nice. Ooh. Yes, very nice. Walked over to Vesuvio, and they were serving socially distanced outside in the alleyway between City Lights and Vesuvio. Oh, cool. Um, delicious. Had, you know, just ice cold Stella in the sun i don't remember the last time i've done that so that was wonderful um and the next day kind of kind of did it all over again uh, except left mart at the apartment um and walked down and got sandwiches from the little vine i'm giving all these little shout outs um and then planted at the boardroom i believe yeah it's on green street um and just drinking Stella's and gin and tonics. And uh, by the way, speaking of gin. Yes. Um, Alicia's really turned me on to gin. I've always liked gin as an, as an alternative, as a clear alcohol. Yeah. Um, it's better than like vodka. Know, or I, I don't like vodka, yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll fuck with gin. Um, and we've been having this uh, lunar gin. Have you seen it? Hendrix no. lunar gin? No. What is that? Um, gin. Hold tight. You're going to see me in my shorts. I don't care. Cause <laughs> hey, buddy. We're going to read this label here. This stuff is, is nectar of the gods, as Uncle Uncle uh, Howie Schultz would put it. Um, Hendrix Gin Lunar. Ooh, uh, it's very good. I like the bottle. But infused with natural oils of the night. Um from our cabinet of curiosities. I'm going to read this to you. This is what is this the, what it says on the bottle? Huh? <laughs> label says somebody got paid to write this from our cabinet of curiosities. Hendrix Lunar is a limited release conceived under the influence of moonlight. On many a night, you will find our master distiller, Miss Leslie Gracie, tending to the botanicals in her beloved distillery hothouse. It was here one moonlit evening that she was inspired to create the rich, warm and alluring liquid. It is decidedly delectable with tonic and a slice of cucumber or try it as a Hendrix Lunar Moonlight uh, Buck by adding ginger ale and a squeeze of lemon. I mean, and they're not wrong. Like, this shit is delicious. It's <laughs> so good. Um, we Stands by the Trader label. Joe's. Yeah, it's very good. We've been calling it the Moon Gin, but it's the Lunar. The Lunar, the lunar Gin. gin. So have you been very... mixing it with anything or is it just kind of have it? Tonic. Tonic. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, nice. that's and cool, dude. Lime. Yeah. Very Man. refreshing. Very good. I can't remember the last um, time I had like a gin drink, dude. It was probably the last time I went to a bar, like a legit bar. So, yeah, um, I don't know. But gin, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to switch the, it up. Make them here on Green Street sometimes, you know. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, because not, I'm not like I'm not always in the mood for. Like usually, it's it's between beer or Jameson. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I'm not in the mood for either. So something like you gin's know, like right so down the middle, right? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes Dude, all right. on a night like tonight, 
Coors Light just does just fine. <laughs> just, just fine. A little so. Coors. I like that. Some Coors Light. Man, I miss playing beer pong, honestly. <laughs> Do you? I don't. Kind of. The setup and all the mess. No, I don't, I don't miss, miss that. I don't miss the use. I miss the, co- the competitiveness. That... I think maybe that's what I'm missing the most out of it. But Really? You're not competitive. I'm decently. I would when we're when we're hosting when we're hosting parties and stuff. I think, That's fair. That's fair. House yeah. rules. You got. We got to. We got to hold the house down. Um, but yeah, gin, dude. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, Yin. you said you got that Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Yeah. Nice Trader Joe's. It's very good. Coming in clutch. Yes. <laughs> um. So. You know. Yeah, man. Uh, Joey, yeah, do, man. We, do we have any pop culture news or anything that's kind of in the ether? I'm sure we do. Um, let, let me go <laughs> on to um, io9. Yeah, I I'm not seeing like, anything. I'm seeing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, it figured. does. Oh, um, it sounds like Black Widow and C- the new Cruella Deville movie are both going to be premiering simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus if you have a certain tier. Oh, interesting. I know Disney Plus. I think they upped their price or something. I remember I got a notification, but I don't know what tier I'm on. I didn't know they had a tier system. That's interesting. Well, I'll I'll check it out, but I don't know. It's that movie's been like delayed for forever, right? I mean, it's been like eight years, I think. Something like that, right? I, so. The fact that ScarJo has not had her own MCU movie is such bullshit. Oh yeah, um, for up sure. until this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever we're finally gonna hopefully <laughs> hopefully they do it right yeah hopefully they do it right we'll see hey cat no but i have no interest in it i have zero interest in yeah in... i mean i like I, you know her character's badass and stuff but yeah I, i'm not, like but she's already dead she's yeah she's dead she's already dead so unless they're gonna try to fill in the gaps or something that way or i'm so sick of movies that fill in the gaps the gaps <laughs> are gaps for a reason they do not need to be filled in but whatever yeah whatever <laughs> like like think about the the first time you before the prequels existed and think about the moment where luke meets uh obi-wan and he's like i served in the clone wars beside your father and he's like you fought in the clone wars Wars? that's all you got that is all you got in terms of like figure out what the clone wars was but what did it do to your brain right you saw this you saw it all um and everyone saw something different yeah. specific to them and then they give us attack of the clones and or you know you actually get to see the clone wars and it's like well this kind of sucks um sorry <laughs> cats is driving me nuts right now um, scratching your nuts right now no my cat's driving me nuts right now because oh i thought your cat was scratching hey. your nuts i've been like bad kitty here buddy come here oh never mind okay whatever um yeah man yeah, that that leaving it to your kind of imagination is is always kind of the fun part with some some movies and some things like that, right? You know. Um, and the thing was, and I I'm sorry, but the thing with like Black Widow, right? What was the line in Avengers? You've got all that red in your ledger, or whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever Disney is going to give us is not as extreme or violent or evil of what you probably have in your head right now and what you have in your head right now from that one little piece of dialogue is probably so much more badass (laughs) and awesome 
than any story that Disney is going to let Marvel put out. I, I agree with you for sure. Um, you know, Disney and, and especially the probably the, I don't know how much, what it's rated. Probably PG-13. PG-13. Yeah. Like, I want to see it rated R. But they would still dumb it down, I think. Um, rated R, like, does the R rating really, like, I don't know. I I have a big problem with R-rated superhero movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they don't, Not a big, I have a problem. They could do, I honestly think they could do more with R-rated superhero movies, but... I don't know. But they never do. They Deadpool, never do. Yeah, De- I mean, Deadpool yeah. you know, language-wise, Deadpool pushes it. But Logan did not need to be R-rated. The few F-bombs they threw in felt gratuitous. And the violence was never... Like, okay, there's more blood in the splatter, but... Yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, that's, that's you kind know, of all they kind I of think added, yeah. For every Deadpool and Joker, you get... You know five or six logans and it's just like okay <laughs> yeah i i want them to push the envelope a little bit more on those kind of rated r movies like go hard go hard on it dude you know if you're getting that at R the rating. same time their characters invented for children true that yeah that's true so but i mean i mean i i'm with you i'm with you if you're gonna go for an r go for a fucking r. go go for a fucking r i yeah, miss even, hard r movies yeah like even logan like yeah it didn't have to be r but if it since it was R, it could have gone like harder. I think we talked about this. Like, you know, I want to see more freaking Wolverine like ripping dudes apart and you know tearing shit yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I wanted the violence just, to be more creative. Yeah, not necessarily just his usual kind of like digging it in, um, you know, with his blades and stuff. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get that kind of thing. Like, it, it's almost like I want it to be like, like the boys almost. Like how and and but we have the boys and the boys is what the boys is you know what I mean yeah like, yeah why do we have to make Batman the boys or Superman the boys you yeah, know what I mean yeah. that's that's what I'm saying is like these and Black Widow I mean is any Marvel character is you're not getting much more than a PG thirteen in the comics so why when you translate it to film would it be anything harder than that that right that's <laughs> that's that's my take on it you know what yeah I mean? yeah. Um, Wolverine has never been in an R-rated comic book, so why was why is he? In why an would he be in a movie? Right, yeah? Well, it's true sense. to the character, but when the character, everything you have, material-wise based on this character is peachy, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not making the decisions. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, these, these, yeah, rated R movies, man. Uh, actually, that'd be a good top five. Uh, not just necessarily superhero movies, but maybe top five rated R movies oh, God. and rate, rated I think my R top five their... favorite movies are r-rated movies yeah. <laughs> like all of them yeah 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 the two high fidelity uh yeah right man yeah. I mean, if it's like yeah the, the r that they deserve like a rated r movie that deserves r um i think it would work so but yeah um yeah fuck man scholar joe uh we got black widow yeah, what else is happening? <laughs> I uh, I saw the Suicide Squad trailer. Um, oh yes, that was yeah, pretty. It looks fine. It looks fine. I I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What... It looks like an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy. It yeah, and that's the thing. I, I as interesting as it is to have more characters and kind of you know highlighting some different people, um, it did kind of feel that way a little bit. Like oh, they just kind of trying to do that. Um, you know, and I mean I'm. I, I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, obviously better than the last one. Um, 
but yeah i couldn't really care less for for the suicide squad stuff <laughs> really so. i'm 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 interested just based on james gunn but everything else yeah. is kind of like all right yeah yeah especially having james gunn attached to it it does it does definitely pique my interest in that way so i don't know i'll check it out when it comes I'll out i'll check we'll it see. out i'll absolutely check it out yeah and then uh it's coming it's coming out this week uh kong versus godzilla which i i didn't really watch any of the godzilla movies i i could yeah. i could <laughs> yeah so we'll see i'm i'm looking forward to uh and this will just be a, i think a just a feel good just like just uh i don't care how good or bad the movie is going to be but that mortal Kombat movie that's coming out it does uh, look pretty badass it looks pretty that badass looks bad ass um, yeah it looks it, i don't know if it's gonna be you know it's gonna probably follow the same trope as like the, the original movie and kind of that but i think uh the I'm tournament just, yeah i'm that. just gonna watch it just uh just to have a, a escape you know kind of a nice escape and reminisce about playing mortal Kombat or some shit so <laughs> That's one of the few that actually looks like it's going to earn its R rating. Yes. Yeah. Especially I heard. At least in terms do, of violence. They might do like the fatalities in it, uh, which will be probably the winning. Like that's the probably the point where it's like everyone wants to watch it because of that kind of shit. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally watching that when that comes out. And I think that comes out this this coming month in April. So oh, right on. Uh, but yeah, that's all I could think of. I don't know what else is yeah. really coming out or <laughs> uh, Justice League Gray came out. Oh yeah, that's right the the black and white version. Justice is Gray. Justice yeah. is Gray. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we've we've talked right, Justice League, uh, the Zack Snyder cut, uh, on our last episode quite in depth, and uh, I thought it was. Uh, you know, I think it was good. You know, to kind of get it all out and kind of, and I'm I'm, I'm glad it. I think we probably said it, I'm glad it exists, and I'm glad it just kind of is out there for mm-hmm. us to watch. You know, I think that's kind of a takeaway from it. Same. So yeah, that's that's all I can. Yeah, that's all I can think of to touch on. Want to get to some uh, some lists? I would love to touch on some lists. Yes. All right. All right. Um, Jonathan, I just got a comment real quick. Um, yeah. The lighting between yes. your your sweatshirt and your hair it almost looks makes your hair look a little gray you kind of look like quicksilver um <laughs> the evan peters quicksilver it's it's, it's hot this, like it's I, this I, light I wanna, right I wanna, here dude yeah i want to be close to you right now um yeah yeah just had to get that out of the way oh it's cool um, i don't mind <laughs> lists would you like to go first would you like i to go first uh you go first joey i think uh all right an interesting topic tonight right on so i was watching uh Alicia had never seen Titanic. Oh. Oh. And we watched Titanic. Titanic is like I don't want to like it, but it's a it's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, the and performances I, I, yeah. aren't wonderful, the writing is not wonderful, but the filmmaking, the whole scope um you become invested. You know, it's yeah. it's corny at times, it's a little, you know, but you go with it. Um and uh you know it was so much fun sitting with her and and being with her while she watched it for the first time hearing oh my god oh my god oh my god it was you know and james cameron is a filmmaker that can can make you do that you know yeah Um, so it was it was a lot of fun um so i began thinking well what can i spin this into list wise (laughs) and i think it falls into the category of historical epics so jonathan what are your top five favorite historical epics? 
Uh, funny enough, I have Titanic as number five. On Yo, my list we share number five. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, for for all those reasons, man. Uh, I actually haven't watched it quite recently, um, so I actually might want to. I might check that out. Uh, uh, maybe when I have some time. Uh, but I remember watching it. I don't think in theaters, but I remember having the VHS. It was two VHS tapes. Two VHS and she got naked tapes. On the end of the first tape. Yes. Um, so yeah. there was kind of like a little break intermission kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I remember watching it. And yeah, I mean, all the stuff you mentioned, like the obviously the cinematography, the the scope, the um, I mean, just how it looked, the chemistry between, uh, you know, Leo and um, and Kate Beckinsale. Not Kate Beckinsale. Um, Winslet. Quite Kate Winslet. Sorry. Um, yeah. The chemistry between them is so dude. And yeah. Leo's to die for in the movie, of course. Being a being a <laughs> watch it again. Watch it again. I watched it the other night. I was like, God, he is fucking annoying in this movie. <laughs> like he really is. He just talks and talks, and you're just like, oh my god. He's he thinks he's, he's smarter a, than he is. And he's he's a determined young man, right? I think, yeah. A very determined young man. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to watch it now. Now that I, you know, kind of seeing it a few years later, and. Uh, I, I'm sure it like visually holds up, um, you know, especially from being like from like '97 and like for the most part, yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, and then from what I remember, yeah, Billy Zane was in that movie. Right? Billy Zane is so Billy Zane is so great in that movie that I I threw on the Phantom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's definitely the yeah he is the really yeah he's cow yeah he's a dick. For sure, he's such an he's, he's such, such a, a good asshole. He's, he's like a Kirk good Douglas asshole. and Kirk Douglas Prime, you know, and Kirk Douglas yeah. Ace in the Hole. Like God, he's so good at being an asshole. It's like um, uh, that's Billy Zane. Billy Zane. It's like uh, Bradley Cooper in like um, Wedding, Ooh, Wedding Crashers. Crashers. Like, yeah, it's you, a great. It's just great so call. believable for for like you, you almost think like man, is this dude like this in real life? You know, kind of you know, it takes you. Kinda My like, mom hated Bradley Cooper for years. Right, I had the same feeling, yeah. dude. I was like, "Damn, yeah. I don't know if I can imagine him in a different role." Um, but yeah, this this movie for sure uh, hits on all those on all on all cylinders. Funny enough, but um, yeah, freaking James Cameron. I think the you know cast is you know very you know stacked cast too, man. I mean, and then yeah, I, li- I like this. I like the kind of through line story where they have you know young or old Rose. Um, and you know, kind of the story of the heart of the ocean and her kind of reminiscing of her a time when she was young and you know, and, and of course being a survivor of the Titanic, which you know, which is a very interesting story. So um yeah, freaking Titanic, dude. From nineteen ninety seven. Wonderful. Cla- classic right there now. A classic. Uh number four, I've got Master and Commander, a Russell Crowe Ooh. movie, dude. Uh came I've out never seen that- this. It's uh, it's actually pretty good. It's uh, came out in 2003, directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Um, Love it him. takes place, I think, during like I guess the ne- Napoleon, like kind of Napoleonic. the Napoleonic. Napoleonic, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, wars. So, uh, and it's yeah, it's a kind of a, you know, uh, Russell Crowe kind of plays the obviously the the commander of the ship, and it's kind of. Um, portrays like the the but is he also the master of the ship he is the master of the ship it 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 honestly goes through a lot of the like horrors of being like you know a sailor and and you know being a a, obviously uh um a uh uh 
what do you call it? A warship, I guess it'd be a warship, a warship during that time. And, you know, the, the dynamics between the crew, um, obviously they touch on like, you know, disease that like, you know, affected uh, a lot of, uh, you know, people and the, the scale, the, the scope of the trip too, as well. You know, it's not like just a movie that's like, okay, we're there, you know, they're, they're like, we're on sea for, you know, for a minute, you know, trying to figure this out and, you know, having, you know, ration food and all that kind of stuff. They kind of go through all those little things that you would expect, I think, from uh, one of these types of movies where it's it's just kind of focusing on a crew and their ship. But, yeah, it does get really kind of gritty and, you know, the kind of horrors of that kind of stuff, too, as well. But it's a nice story, and um, obviously it's about kind of Russell Crowe, the commander, and his kind of relationship with his crewmates and... Um, you know, that kind of grows into something and you get to kind of see more of, you get to find out more about these characters uh, through him as well. So, and how he kind of observes them throughout the uh, the movie. So yeah, Master Commander, kind of cool. And it's got, you know, it's especially the, the ship and the, the costume wardrobes they have for it. It's very uh, appropriate for that time. And they, I think they really nail it uh, on that Thanks. movie. So yeah, number four, uh, Master and Commander. I gotta check that out. Yeah, I think you should, man. I, I can't remember how long it was, or like, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it was like a, it was a good movie. Um, but number three, uh, this one was like one I thought of like in the back of my head, just real quick, and I had to put it on my list just before we met. But uh, the Life of Brian, um, which is a Monty Python production uh, directed by Terry Jones, um, it's. <laughs> I mean the I just reading the the wiki page on this movie is just because it, it it it's pretty much a parallel to um, the life of Jesus Christ and uh, Brian was born pretty much the same day Jesus was born and pretty much they mistake Brian as the next coming Messiah uh, um, so that's kind of like where it goes so really reading the wiki page is like damn they got like so, they got you know a lot of people religious uh, groups like totally tore this movie apart and like so it, it, for its time in the 70s, like late 70s, it, it was, you know, very bold of, of uh, uh, Monty Python, but also like, I mean, that group was not afraid to really, you know, kind of make, you know, humorous uh, movies that uh, touched on these kind of topics and touched on maybe, you know, religion or, um, you know, maybe glorifying, you know, someone or, or whatever. But um, yeah, and it takes kind of takes place kind of the Roman, you know, obviously the Roman... Uh, empire and, and the kind of the they actually have Pontius Pilate in the in the uh, movie as well and um, oh. yeah it's a it's a fun movie <laughs> hell yeah and I, it just like in typical Monty Python fashion I don't think they stay in that period I think they kind of go <laughs> kind of different uh, kind of similar to like the meaning of life if, if you've seen the meaning of life that kind of goes it has like different stages but it stays pretty much in that same time period um, I'm was... gonna make a confession. Oh, I've just... seen I've seen Monty Python skits. I have not seen any of the Monty Python movies. And you lent me Life of Brian oh. in, in high school, and I never yeah. watched it. I oh, tried, I and I couldn't. I couldn't get. I think I would enjoy it now. Yeah, for sure. For at sure. the time, I I couldn't get into it. It's yeah, like Monty Python, especially their British humor, and like, you know, it's a very it's a very niche like kind of humor, I guess, and. Um... I think out of all their movies, I think Life of Brian is probably one of their funnier ones for sure. Um, yeah, and it's the song, it's the the song, the tune that's in there. Um, 
while uh, he's uh, he they're going they go through a crucifixion in the film, and uh, there's a a guy next to Brian and uh, you know he's singing the always look on the bright side and that song is <laughs> in context it's kind of an interesting doop, scene doop, doop. yeah and so i always think of that song and it kind of related to that so and you know that's weirdly fantastic enough, you know, it's a weird positive from that movie so uh so yeah life of brian is number three right on very good uh number two actually this movie i think i mentioned on my criterion collection uh mentions when we did it with uh the three friends. So uh, Seven Samurai, um, oh, yes, directed by Akira yes. Kurosawa, if I said his name right, uh, came out in 1954. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the story of this kind of small village being attacked and, and kind of gathering these all these different samurai from, you know, with different skill sets and kind of coming to protect this, uh, this village. And it's a very uh, unique story. And of course, it takes place in, in, in that, that time period in Japan. Um, you know, very, I don't know. I've always think like Japanese culture, especially like the samurai stuff, it's like, you know, very elegant and, uh, formal in a way, but there's still like, you know, uh, violence and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it strikes a good balance between those. I think. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that film and, um, especially being in a different, maybe a different type of country too, as well, uh, being in Japan and, and kind of seeing the culture there. So yeah. Seven Samurai wonderful and number one which is funny because i i had to ask you about uh, historical epics uh gladiator is my number one there we um, go which i i feel like this is one of those like movies i don't know why it's probably not in my top like 10 or 20 like maybe 20 it, it's a movie i probably watch like once a year i would say really yeah i, I think so yeah um and I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe I have an attachment to it with like my dad used to, you know, watch this movie quite a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a nice story. You know, it it definitely has you know, especially setting up uh, you know Maximus and his character, and his, you know he obviously uh, suffers a death of his family, and he you know obviously is a uh, you know pretty much put into this you know put into becoming a gladiator and trying to rise up from the ranks and it's this nice kind of story for him and his kind of growing from his uh, tragedy i guess so yeah totally. Um, but yeah gladiator for number one love that i did i threw that on uh like last month actually yeah are you not entertained uh, <laughs> my name is gluteus maximus explosivus yeah and, uh... man that that scene that scene though where um I mean, there's a lot of like very intense scenes. I mean, when he finds his his wife and I think daughter or child or son, I think I don't know, I wasn't sure, I can't remember. But it's a kid. It's a kid. But yeah, when they find that moment, um, it actually reminded me of that scene in uh, Jojo Rabbit when. Ooh, that's a yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a very that's a yeah, nice paralleled scene where you can you obviously know what happened and but they don't need to show you the whole the graphic the graphic yeah. of it but you can tell you know they're i think they're they got burned or something like that burned alive or something like that so yeah it's and just from there starting off where that, that's where that character's at and you kind of see him grow and obviously you know he was a uh general i believe in the movie so he you know he has this kind of um people respect Shit. him that knew he was going to be caesar if if things and he was panned be, out exactly 
And then of course yeah. Joaquin Phoenix being like this killer Little bitch. Bitch. Yeah, he's a villain. He's definitely a very hateable villain in the in yeah. the in the movie. A bad guy. So yeah. go look at yourself in the mirror and be be a bad guy again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Gladiator for number one. That wasn't good. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> um. But anyways, that's Joey. a good number one. That's a very good number one. Yeah. I feel like that is encompassing in the past 20 years if you were to think about what's a historical epic yeah. you would really only kind of have gladiator to point to yeah um, there hasn't been that many like recently that i can think of um well you know i again i'm always i'm always down on cgi but i really think like you know um part of what makes these movies uh come alive is the fact that back in the day they were building sets they were building costumes they were practical yeah it was practical you know there was cg here and there on the on the in the fringes and you know um but i i do think there is a human element to or maybe people are just sick of historical epics i don't know <laughs> i don't know it, i i would um, i would think historic like especially historical epic there that's kind of a uh not older genre but like um with a lot I mean, of Hollywood, going... fil- like a lot of films, like older films that are coming up, that was kind of like, you know, a lot of them were based well, off of historical. You you, know, you walk or... down Hollywood Boulevard, dude, and there's still the sets from D.W. Griffiths. Um, is it Intolerance? I think it's Intolerance. Um, you know, they're making historical epics all the way, you know, all the way back. Um, but yeah, we haven't really seen them in their kind of classic heyday form in a yeah. long, long time. In, in, in quite a while, like yeah. 15, 20 years. Yeah, you're right, dude. What are we going to do about that? We, they've, we traded for the for superhero spectacle. And I, I be, love yeah. comic books, but I'm so sick of it. Yeah, so sick. So sick of it. I love being transported back to a very specific time period. Yeah. And yeah. learning the rules of that world and the customs of that world and, you know? Yeah, I think that's what's um, nice about those like those types of that type of genre and film. Yeah, you know, I think that's nice. Well, because you can tell a huge story against the backdrop of something small, like exactly. number five, Titanic, where yeah. <laughs> you have this small, admittedly stupid love story. Um, they've known each other what twelve hours? Come yeah, on. very short um, time. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what she like if they if Jack had lived like uh you know uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really like, wasn't you know, trying to like you see it when she's like i'm gonna get off the boat with you instead and he's like don't do that <laughs> <laughs> don't do that uh, you, you you don't have to do that oh man it's <laughs> um, <laughs> like yeah i get clingy um <laughs> <laughs> but no i i loved i i like titanic a lot for those reasons um because you do, you learn the manners of the upper class, and you see the party of the third class, and yeah. you, you know, you you. I mean, shit! It it spurred our imaginations on. Do you remember being in seventh and eighth grade and playing Titanic on yep. the blacktop and at OLM? You know, just like yeah. all right, the bench is the flotation device, and one of us is going to sit in the water and freeze to death. Um, <laughs> you know, there's it does kind of awaken that kid in you and like, um, you know, trying to get a, trying to escape, you know, the, yes. the ship becomes this, this puzzle that you have to find your way out of. Yeah. Um, and even what, if you make it to the deck, 
you got to get onto a boat or you got to figure something out. Um, so I, you know, there, it, it triggers that kind of instinctual, what would I do in this situation? Yeah. Um, kind of thing. Cause we're, you know, we're watching Rose go back down to find Leo handcuffed. And it's like, no, just go back up, darling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he ain't worth it. Uh, <laughs> um, Number four. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I don't care if I get shit for this. Roland Emmerich's The Patriot. Oh, The Patriot, uh, dude. I yeah. think it's his only legitimately good film. I think this is, you know, okay, yes. This movie plays softball with in terms of like race and slavery, and I wish it didn't. Yeah. And yes, I, you know, Mel Gibson is problematic. Okay. But God damn it, Heath Ledger gives one of his finest early performances in this movie. And his death scene always makes me cry. Um, if not for him, I mean, Mel Gibson brings it when Heath Ledger dies and he has that moment and he's just, his lips are trembling and he's just, he doesn't know, like, what? Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking at that moment. It's heartbreaking. Um, but, you know, and it tells this story of, a father and son really it's a father paying for his sins um but against the backdrop of the revolutionary war which is one of my favorite time periods um you know it's maybe a lie but the the revolution the birth of america as it's told to us in school is kind of the greatest underdog story ever yeah no i agree with um that. and so to kind of see this because America needs to pay for its sins. You know what I mean? Like, there's so, like, I really like that movie. And I know it has its problems. I know it has its shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Um, but the villain is really great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he, oh, I hated that guy. I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, he's a British actor, But he, right? he kills both the sons, yeah. Yeah. He kills both the sons. And he's just, you know, when he, when they see him at the, like, the jail cell kind of thing and he's like yes i remember you on that farm and that stupid little boy did he die hmm? did he die God, and you're just like yeah don't get some get that um, uh, that battle axe already <laughs> honestly but you know and 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 you know there's those moments but also from like a historical standpoint you know they the filmmakers went to the smithsonian and and looked at uh, I remember watching the DVD featurettes or whatever, the making of, and the costume designers like, you know, you're holding the actual uniforms that these guys fought in. And I saw a sweat oh. stain. And that is the sweat that made this country, you know? And Whoa. you're just like, Whew. you know, <laughs> they, they, they get a lot, right? Like we watched it in social studies. That's right. In grade, <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. I like that movie a lot. Um, Patriot. The Patriot. Number three, you and me saw this movie um, together at the Osseo. Uh, It's 13 Assassins. So it's kind of like your Seven Samurai pick. Um, But I mean, it's very similar to Seven Samurai. Um, But this one, I don't know. I just, I always really, really enjoyed this movie and it took its time. It had this epic quality of of almost like a star Wars film and you yes. had 13 Obi-Wans and um, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it, it really, um, 
the scale is amazing the the insight into the culture and you know like the the harry carry it opens with a dude doing performing harry carry i believe yeah. um you know and and just there's something about not only that culture but that time period in that culture of of honor and dignity and all of yeah. that and it's it's fascinating it's it's yeah um so 13 assassins check it out hey. <clears throat> number two i was always mad at this movie once i like started getting into film fuck that movie because goodfellas should have won best picture but you know what <laughs> did win best picture dances with wolves and you know what it's a right. fucking really good movie uh, <laughs> i feel like i've i've seen the movie i don't know if i remember it's it, so though. good so when i was sick last like um right before like last december we're talking december 2019 going into 2020 yeah yeah um you'd gotten sick and then i'd gotten sick and then everyone it was going around I think dude that, i think that was pre-covid i yeah, like i sure. think it, i think it was like a pre-strain of covid because yeah. that was some otherworldly type of sickness um but anyway i just remember being sick and like not and just like watching movies and i threw on dance with wolves and i was like i was Mood. into it <laughs> yeah. the whole time i was like whoa because it's like kevin costner you don't do it for me but it's it's the story built around him right it's him learning the culture of the native americans and becoming one with the tribe and mm -hmm. um i think it's ridiculous a little bit that he you know starts wearing their clothing and like you know falls in love with the only one white woman taken in the you know from the tribe or whatever and um whatever there's of course there's problematic elements the movie was made 30 years ago um but the things that they get right you know and i've watched like youtube videos of like historians being like this is pretty damn accurate you know Interesting. especially the buffalo hunt oh, okay. um those are real buffalo there are some animatronic buffaloes mixed yeah. in but oh, i was watching a historian and they were like this is exactly what it would have looked like Whoa. you know and the scale of that thing yeah it's just yeah. it's beautiful filmmaking it's beautiful and to kind of be transported to that time and and see it in color it's it it almost moves you to tears really it's it's just like wow man so high recommendation high recommendations yeah because i've probably seen, probably seen it once in my life like i yeah. recommend it big time big it's number two in my top five there we go <laughs> number one i think this movie is hilarious um i absolutely adore this movie um and i think more people should watch it but i i understand that it's kind of a tough a tough watch for most people uh barry linden by stanley kubrick oh i haven't seen this one no oh barry linden oh yes what, what i is, mean it's okay. it's it's three hours okay maybe over three hours and it's a slow three hours you're gonna watch it like good and hungover that's how i suggest watching barry linden is okay. if you've had a, a rip roaring good time the night before and you can't even look at your phone the next morning barry watch linden. this baby <laughs> yeah um but it, it begins and ends with with dueling oh um, cool and it's just this kind of scummy social climber I think he's Irish um, and just kind of works his way up um, 
and he's he's not a good dude. And it, and I think that's where the humor comes from because I found this movie hilarious, um, and I don't think most people get that reading from the film. Yeah, but I, yeah. I I think it's very very funny, um, and it's one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, Kubrick really he took old like Rembrandts and old paintings of the 1700s, and yeah. there's shots in this movie that you could take a still of and frame it and put it on your wall and people would be like oh who painted this <laughs> you know and he he him and nasa developed these special lenses um to let more light in so that they could film just with just by candlelight oh so wow. there's only like one or two instances of like external lighting but for the most part that movie is naturally shot really wow mm-hmm. that's super interesting it's, it's gorgeous naturally it is, gorgeous natural light Ooh, okay yeah so the only lighting is either the sun or candles um Dude, what that's mm-hmm. super cool it's very very cool fun fact right there yeah yeah so I, I i highly 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 recommend barry linden um i love that movie i absolutely love that movie i think it might be my favorite over clockwork orange in terms of stanley Whoa, cooper films interesting yeah okay yeah that's a lot to say there okay okay yeah but you but you got to be in the mood for it you can't just throw it on you have to yeah you have to be hungover i'll say i'll say it for my next hangover day (laughs) i look like a floating head i'm gonna turn these these it's kind of cool actually (laughs) it is kind of cool but it's freaking me (laughs) oh excuse me i'm yawning went up early um so good did you, where'd you watch it? Did you watch it on uh, app? Is it Apple TV or I, is there a 4K no, version I, of it right now? Or I I have the 4K Blu-ray transfer from Criterion. I bought the physical disc, but I believe I first watched it on the Criterion channel. I doubt it's still there. Okay. Um, I'd have to find out where it's streaming. Where it's streaming. But I yeah, like I first watched it years ago. Um, solid like three or three or four years ago. Cool. It's really yeah. Good. Yeah, there's still a few. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick movies I haven't seen, so that maybe that'll be same. Be on my list. Like I want to watch Lolita because I hear such good things, but like the subject matter makes me a little queasy. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do I really want to watch? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I don't know. I'll check it out. Uh, I'll for sure watch this one you recommend. It's because if if it's your number one, you're saying you know, I I saw Clockwork Orange through you, and and you know I knew, I know more about Stanley Kubrick, I think through your, your exposure, uh, or you exposing them to me. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to check out some more of his, his work. And if you're saying it looks gorgeous too, and you know, I've been looking, oh, it's gorgeous too. I've been looking for movies lately where it's just like, I just want to see some really, you know, just beautiful kind of wide shots or, um, you know, I've been, I, I tried, you know, I mostly consume my movie watching in my room, which my, I have a bigger screen out in the, in the living room. But uh, yeah, just trying to find those cool movies where it has like just nice moments like that. If you can, I recommend the bigger screen. But also, like if you just want to like focus, you know, just hole up in your room and, well, and yeah, for sure, get the viewing <laughs> done. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Sure. Cool, dude. I like the I like the list. It got some some uh, list. We got some similar ones, and then yeah, some I, I actually haven't checked out before. So <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. Put, add that to the queue of movies that uh, I have not seen. <laughs> but, I'm going to do the same with Master and Commander and uh, Life of Brian. 
A life of Brian. Nice. Jonathan, do yes. you have a list uh, for me this evening? Yeah, uh, this list is, I, I don't know why I was thinking of it, but I, I just miss going to concerts and uh, I get a kick out of, I, I really like, there are some some bands I usually, you know, I could just kind of go and just see the band, but I still get excited watching opening bands. Um, it, uh, it's just something that's super interesting. It might be a group you may know or may not know. And I think that's kind of the cool mystery of it and the cool... Uh, aspect of it and and you maybe see like bands that maybe at the start of you know their career or maybe they're just about to you know kind of get into touring and stuff so joey what are your top five opening bands this is a good top five and um i i couldn't i was like i'm, I'm having trouble getting to five it's cool um, it's cool so the the concerts that are coming to mind are like Paul McCartney didn't have an opening act. Yeah, he didn't have um, Yeah, you're right. So there's only very few that I can think of where the opening act made some type of impression on me. Yeah. Um so I apologize. My list is gonna be lame. And I'm I'm sure That's you're cool. gonna name stuff and I'm gonna be like, cool. shit, I was there. Why didn't I think of that? Um number five. Aaron Carter, Backstreet Boys. Um, oh, okay. He opened up and he's like, "Hey guys, are you excited for being for the Backstreet Boys?" And you know, <laughs> it's great to be here in Concord. Did he and, did he um, play like a like a, a full set or was it? I know I most opening bands. I was, yeah. yeah. But he, I believe, Aaron's party was out at that point. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you got some music. So, so I saw Aaron Carter. Um, and fun fact, 98 Degrees was in the parking lot passing out their demo. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. That's Joey it, that's... loves them pop boys. Yeah, pop I, mean, I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> cool. Okay. So Aaron Carter. Two, or, excuse me, number four, four. I believe when Green Day was doing their triumphant... A stadium tour for American Idiot. Flogging Molly opened for them. Yo, I forgot about that. And they were fucking good. Was that the one? Did we see him at? Uh, was that at the, um, the Giant the Stadium? Yeah, Giant Stadium. Yeah. The one we watched. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we saw them a couple times there. Yeah, but the Flogging Molly I, was especially the fun one because I think I remember they're great. They, I think I remember they came on and I. I don't know if we were like in the, like the food drink area. We were with like the big uh, mitten. Uh, yeah, that's that. exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, and I we were just like walking on that that like kind of overpass, and and it was just super cool because you're just hearing like flogging Molly, just you know jamming it out, and yeah, they're just going nuts, and we're just chilling, just walking around the stadium and stuff. So it's yeah, fun. Like yeah. flogging Molly and Dropkick Murphys were always like right there, neck and yeah. neck with each other. You always, know? yeah. Um. The, but like I couldn't official... think of a time where I saw Dropping Murphy's open for anyone or else they would have made my list. <laughs> um, number three, Jimmy Eat World opened at the Pop Disaster Tour for yeah. Green Day and Blink-182. <laughs> That's right. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. That's Pretty they, damn good, lads. That's when they released that, that uh, Bleed the America. Middle? Yeah, that yeah. album was like... Uh, fun fact, that album, they got dropped by a label um before their label um and then that album that came out was uh 
all an all independent uh oh, shit. production and release so like yeah they put their own money in that they you know found the studio and and you know put the the time and money into that to to put it out and i think I they got signed i think they got obviously distri- uh, signed and just you know the distribution of it and then of course the middle like that single was just like a huge hit and for them. huge but that's is that interesting that's like, that's great i didn't know that that's it's like fucking they awesome. just like yeah we're falling on some hard times and and then Damn. yeah they put all their kind of energy into that album and then that's where they're at now EMI. So. yeah um, seriously <laughs> yeah uh number two i don't know how to pronounce this band but i really enjoyed enjoyed them at the greek theater kruangbin kruangbin yeah um they open for fish um, oh that's right you went to see oh, that's so right. my buddy noah he hit me up it was like what are you doing on 420 um we're gonna <laughs> i got i just got us tickets we're gonna go see this band they're cool Karung yeah. bin or whatever and you know it is at, it's at the greek in berkeley and like uh we had no like I think we found out the day of like when we checked in the hotel it's like oh who's Karung been opening for fish we're like oh, we're going to a fish concert <laughs> and um you know we were just like at just going from bar to bar to bar before the show began and yeah I remember talking to one of the bartenders and being like so are you going to the fish show tonight and he's like no <laughs> are you are you oh <laughs> he was like <laughs> and, and, didn't really do all this <laughs> and I went no he's like okay cool (laughs) like that guy's um, response (laughs) but they were awesome they were so fucking cool i don't know how to classify their sound they're kind of funky yeah um they're dope and they're actually on i don't know if you saw this but uh the new mccartney 3 album uh they're they're releasing uh well they're not on that but they're releasing a cover version of that album called mccartney 3 imagined or reimagined something like that and they're they're covering one of the tracks, yeah. Oh, they're shit. on it. Okay, so it was pretty cool. A chance to check out Fish then. No, not Fish. Krang oh. Krangbin. 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 Gotcha. Krang. K K H R U A N G B I N. Whoa, that is yeah, it's quite a name. <laughs> it's quite a it's, yeah, it's quite a combination of letters. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check. But them they're out. very good. Very good. I think you would dig their sound, very okay. much. Yeah, especially that um, like. Um, kind of jam bandy thing or whatever kind of that that style i think is, is kind of cool so yeah dude number one this kind of ties back sort of to my other list because i remember it was the night before easter sunday and i remember that easter sunday i woke up um yeah yeah i'm uh yeah my parents got us had, my mom did um easter baskets until we were way too old and in my Easter basket that year, I got the Patriot. Um, this was eighth grade. And your dad, the night before, took us to the war field to see some 41. And no oh, use for a name. Yeah, no, excuse me. The starting line was the opening, opening act. And they were so fucking good. They were. They, that is the one opening band performance that has left just an indelible impression on me. Um we went right down to the merch table. I feel like they were there, but I could be wrong. But we definitely bought, we all bought their CD. CD it's got Mandy right? Moore on the table, uh, on the cover <laughs> with the phone and the the phone cord goes all the way off the, off the picture. 
uh, say it like you mean it is is the name of that first album and it's so good it's so good, it's yeah. such a classic perfect pop punk record yeah um but they came on stage that night with all of the energy in the world and um and they were just so they were so good they were so good um and i've loved them ever since yeah dude yeah Pot, yeah. like especially the it was the the bass i can't remember his, his name i'm so sorry but I, the bass player in the band he's the lead singer and yeah like had, tall kind of curly-haired white guy yeah he had so much uh he had so much energy um like being the, like the the bass player and and you know front man i guess and but like they yeah i i remember that that gig and it, funny enough this i have them as my number this is my number one too man cuz i i think it's... I think we could both agree that it did leave like a, a weird lasting impression. I, I felt like they were totally. such a strong uh, group to see and not, know, you know, not knowing any of their music before. I don't know. I don't know if uh, uh, I've never yeah, heard of them. I don't think I've ever heard of them before we went to see them in concert. So um, they opened for no use for a name. Yeah. And, they, you know, they're cool yeah, open they were, for some 41. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was wild. And, uh, yeah, the, for all those reasons you mentioned, dude, I mean, just like, they were just so captivating and like, they pulled you in like, and that's always a tough one with the opening band, right? You know, it, it, they can either be, you know, a band you're just like, Oh, you know, kind of casually listening to, and you know, maybe this is kind of, you know, you know, everyone has their own opinions on music or whatever, but, um, but there are some bands where it's just like from the get go, dude, they just like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. we're here to start the night off. Like honestly and and yeah we got to a point where we we're just like we love these you know we, this music's you know awesome like i want to buy their CD so and, good so yeah dude uh yeah i remember that concert so well dude like i i remember the warfield and the way it looks and like just seeing them kind of like you know they're doing you know, it's pop punk dude they're all jumping and stuff and lights aren't time. even out yet you know yeah it's, yeah they don't get the yeah, full light yeah. show you know what i mean so it's it i it was a very and and um they i think they released two records um and i i think they're st i think they like hiatus but they kind of got back together kind of feel, did they so. eventually um yeah, yeah the second so. album was based on a true story i didn't, I didn't yeah. really, that one was like hardcore emo i, I wasn't really into that one but yeah, that first the, record is pop punk it's so perfection. good yeah yeah and the and actually production wise i really like the production of that album. it's a good sounding record like really good drums the guitars are just so beefy and and then the vocals are just so nice and you know up front and um and then yeah the the single off that album best best of me was like the big single and then we and oh, then actually our right and then our band yeah. played a cover of uh left almost coast immediately Andy. left coast Empty became like a staple of our set we yeah. still play it to this day so yeah, we I I feel like actually yeah when we play that song I, I kind of remember that time when we got first introduced to that band so um, yeah I like your list Joey there there are a few crossovers I have um, yes the I think the first the Aaron yeah, Carter start <laughs> Aaron Carter the the starting line and uh, <coughs> excuse me and Jimmy World opening up for um, the Pop Disaster tour which where I do think, they fall on your <laughs> two for jimmy the jimmy or world concert because i think it was one of the earlier concerts um kind of my first few concerts i remember going to growing up and uh and then just you know hearing jimmy world i can't remember if i heard that middle song before i saw them and so that you know maybe i got you know excited to see you know it's like oh shit they're the one who released that song um 
but I remember them being kind of similar to Starline, like very fun and, and, you know, just like high energy from the get go. And so I was immediately in and like excited for the rest of the night and the rest of the bands coming along. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, that like that early, like 2000s was just like pop punk was just such a huge, uh, it was such big. a big it genre. It was really big. And it was a lot of great bands coming out of that uh, that time. And Jimmy World was kind of the main, I, I felt like at that time they were kind of starting to build their peak, but they became more like a really big band, like in the next few releases they had. So, um, yeah. And it's cool. Actually, uh, um, Jim, uh, I guess I can relate this to maybe a share time, but I, I feel like I've mentioned this in, in my share before, but Jim Atkin or Jim, Jim Atkins, the lead singer has a, a uh, podcast uh, called sound uh, the frequency of sound, I think it was it or sound. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to search it up again, but he he, uh, he interviews like different um, people kind of in that scene of like the pop punk scene. And nice. he did one with like Mark Hoppus. Uh, he did one with, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? I think he actually did one with, uh, oh, what's his name? Anyways, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great, uh, they're either lead singers or guitar players or just, you know, all, all kinds of different people um, in there. And he hasn't posted one recently so i don't know if he's still doing them but i i there for the quarantine time that we had that period of time where we we're just stuck inside just not knowing what the hell to do he started releasing those and i thought that was really cool and um it was That's kind awesome. of a good way because they're you know they're trying to find you know they're not be able to play shows and stuff so it was a cool way to kind of get in contact with fans and other people but nice. uh anyways uh number yes yeah, so that's one and two for me so i'll go back down to five um uh, funny enough, the show was at the Warfield. I saw the band The Used um, mm. open for uh, Boxcar Racer, um, which was uh, Tom Tom DeLong and uh, Travis Barker. Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong. They're a side project. Um, oh, man, that reminds me. I have a share time thing related to Tom DeLong, funny enough. Um, I'll say, mention that later. But, yeah, The Used, they're, again, kind of like in this – period of time like all these bands were kind of coming out like and they were the use were such a unique band because you know it's kind of the first time i heard like screaming in like yeah they're much harder yeah they were kind of the first time i heard like screaming and songs and you know there's like you know there's obviously like metal music and all that kind of stuff but this, this kind of genre and that time it was just like the first time hearing that and i remember they opened for them and they probably really they probably had that that one record their first record out and you know they probably built like a small fan base so you could already tell when they opened like people were there to see him and i thought that was really really telling of like oh wow this band like you know they've they've gathered some following you know they they have you might have some you know good songs and stuff like that and um the lead singer of course he's just again high energy he was doing that, you know, a lot of those singers at that time were doing that thing. They're swinging like the microphones around and like wrapping that shit around their necks and stuff. It's just like, I'm just like, I've never seen this before. Like, this is so interesting for for, for an opening band too, to have like that kind of energy, like, totally. you know, so yeah. So I, I thought they were really cool and, and um, it actually worked. I mean, I really liked that night. I think a band called H2O was the middle band and I actually never heard of them uh, until that concert too. So um, it was a very interesting like curated like concert um and just the bands were were just like on high energy the whole night so i thought that was really cool so that's my number five um number four uh this is this will be kind of interesting so i saw 
there's a band called Block Party. They're a British UK band, and I saw them at a. Ugh, I can't remember what the venue was called. It was like this warehouse venue in San Francisco, and I don't know if it's there anymore. Um, because I bet you they probably closed it down. But this guy Owen Pallet opened for um for Block Party. And Owen Pallet, um, I guess he was under the name Final Fantasy, was like his his like artist stage name. But fun fact, Owen Pallet is the arranger and string string arranger for all of the um Last Shadow Puppets. Um No way. Yeah. He is uh, he did uh Last Shadow Puppets. I think he probably he might have I don't know if there, I'm trying to think of any string arrangements, but if there's any string arrangements on like the Arctic Monkeys stuff, um probably on the on the Tranquil like the last record they did, I bet you he was probably credited on Interesting. that. So, Interesting. So um, so I did not know that and I started like looking him up and I was like, "Oh shit, he's done like, yeah, The Last Shadow Puppets, uh a band called Arcade Fire. They he did like the arrangements yeah, yeah, for yeah. them. Um so That's he so was cool. he was kind of like the indie like string arranger like you know he was like the dude to go to for like those kind of um ensembles but uh owen pallet it was just literally him his violin and a looping pedal and he he has original music he you know creates his own original music as well and it was just so interesting because i mean i've heard i've seen like the looping pedal concept before but it was so interesting because he was just like playing these string parts and then of course he could add a, like a harmony onto it so it, it's just like his arrangements just started getting bigger and bigger and like it had the, all these like parts to it and and it was uh very very uh interesting to watch him i, I don't know it, and it wasn't as high energy i think as compared to some of the bands that i mentioned already or we, we mentioned today but like it was very um hypnotic i was just like drawn to like oh well, you know it's so interesting how he plays and and he had a very like kind of like soft-spoken voice, you know, almost. Um, and is you know, so it it was interesting to see that side of him. And, and I don't know if he was an artist first and then kind of started doing string arranging for people, or if it's the other way around where he's just like, oh, I kind of want to do like my own thing. So um, I thought that was a very interesting concert. And he also played a cover version of one of Block Party songs called uh, "Modern Love" or "This This Modern Love." Um, which was a very interesting, you know, with a violin and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was really kind of a treat for, for like the, the people who were going to go see Block Party that night. So, yeah, Owen Pallet for number five. Love that. Uh, and then number – or number four, sorry, number four. <laughs> and then number three, um, this band, uh, a fairly new band I've been kind of listening to. They're called Hail the Sun and uh sun worshipers uh, sun worshipers uh they're kind of on the i guess the alternative like they're not metal i'd say alternative rock but you know they're they're kind of a little more progressive they kind of do some you know different things um in their songs we're like, a little bit country yeah they're we're all, a little bit rock and roll they're a little bit of everything so um yeah uh hail the sun they're i think they're from out here um but uh i saw them play at a one of my like an old coworker of mine invited me to a show and this band Circus Survive was playing which I've never seen I've I, I wasn't like a huge I, I wouldn't say I wasn't a huge fan I I listened to their music but I wasn't like a big fan of theirs you know I just I was just like oh you know they're they're good um one I saw them live and they're I was blown away and the fandom I was surprised at how many people like they're kind of an older band they're kind of in that you know our 
2000s kind of band you know what i mean they've been going on for quite a long time um but hail the sun opened up for those guys and they were just fantastic and what's really cool is the drummer is this so the they start off the singer is like is on his own right and they go through like two songs and then the the singer just like he's like all right i'm gonna play drums now and he i guess the band as they started out it, it was the drummer of the band who was who became the singer and so they do that with their sets. They, they have another guy fill in on drums um, and, you know, the lead singer does his thing. And That's then cool. halfway through the set, he just like jumps on the drum kit and he's like a fantastic drummer. Um, and I, I just think that's, I always feel like drummer singers, that combination is just, I feel like that's just such a crazy, I don't know how those guys, guys brains work because I don't, just, I just don't either. drums in general. Is just I like, don't know how drummers brains yeah. work. Like, fuck. so how do you, how do you sing and like do that all at the same time? But one just I was blown away just by just sheer talent, obviously, and the and the and the rest of the band too, and um and they were very interesting and and I ended up uh, going to like the was it Warp Tour the next year, which I think was supposedly the last Warp Tour, and that's right, that's right. They ended up being on the bill, so I was like, shit, I'll watch these guys again, and and then so nice. I, had, I started becoming like one of their yeah, I started like watching them anytime they were in town, and I threw uh, my underwear up on the stage, and yeah, I threw my underwear, you know, fan. You know, only fans with those guys. You know, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I think it's uh, it's been a while since I've uh, like I would say maybe the Arctic Monkeys is, is a band. Like, you know, we tried to go see them. You know, any concert they had, in anytime town. they were in town, yeah. anytime they're in town. You know, we we listened to all the records or whatever. Um, so like these guys, I I'm definitely following them, following their that's kind cool of trajectory. And the uh, a really fun fact is, um, I actually met their bass player randomly at a Home Depot and right on they seem like pretty chill people so i, I just think that's uh you know they, they seem like a band that like they have fun doing the music and you know they're they're really believing kind of like what they're releasing and stuff so um, that's and, cool that's yeah. very cool and they have a new record coming out i think this coming month so i'm definitely gonna listen to that yeah well shit yeah dude and that's it uh, the sun, two and one two and one right on. jimmy world love it that's a good list shawnee yeah. It's a very good list. There's no Aaron Carter on your list, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that many boy... I mean, honestly, I didn't see that many boy bands and stuff growing up. I only saw Backstreet. The Backstreet yeah. Boys, yeah. I still... I stand I stand the BSP. Um, BSP. Yeah. Jonathan? Yes. Do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary audience this week? Yeah. Uh, there was something I was going to mention earlier. I totally forgot about it, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna say frequency I of watched... sound podcast. What's up? What's up? You had mentioned the frequency of sound podcast. And yes, you'd frequency. Also mentioned... uh, yeah, know, Jim else. Atkins podcast for sure. Check it out. Um, uh, what you call it? Oh yeah, I watched uh, on Netflix the the last blockbuster. Um, or is it the last surviving block? I, I can't remember the full name of it, but it it's a oh, documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. about the last blockbuster in the united states pretty much in the world man r.i.p um and uh it was fascinating really fascinating and it really it, it does a very good job to bring you back to remembering what it felt like to be to have a movie store or a, a video rental store in man. town and uh man 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 dude i mean i mean they do a whole segment they have you know they have a few like um like celebrity or like you know comedians you know people talk you know talk about their experiences with movies and they have this nice segment where they're like, you know, so why, you know, what was the fun part about renting movies? And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, to get, you know, to go on dates, like to get the girl, you know, 
to uh, you bring your friends and you, you get to pick out like the movie of the night and you get to kind of like almost debate on like what you want to watch or, or, you know, this movie's cool or like getting recommendations from the people that work there. So it, it was like, and it, it's a weird kind of thing that you take for granted almost. Cause it's like, you know, oh, big time. Yeah. You know, our streaming stuff is all the stuff's recommended on what we're kind of liking. And it's watching. an algorithm. It's an algorithm. And yeah. you don't, you know, when you go to movie stores or video stores, like that's what we used to get is like you know, that interaction of like, yeah, you know, let's check out this movie. Like, yeah, I heard this movie was kind of crazy and, and, you know, it might not be like your cup of tea, but maybe, you know, give it a chance and, you know, or you rent like a few movies for the weekend. Yeah. You know, that was always well, it was, it was, too. it was much, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when we go into a record store and I don't know what this thing sounds like, but I like the cover. Yeah, so I'm gonna dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay six dollars. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it on and I'm gonna have a really great time with it, even if it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. These you know, days, it's, yeah. it's so easy for us, right? To you know, oh, I'll check this out. And like, oh, I'm not feeling this, or you know, the streaming is is definitely a thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, and oh man, the story behind the the family that owns or is running the last star, uh, blockbuster. Um, what are they all dead? No, I, no, they're they're a very sweet family actually. Um, it's been it's like a generational thing. They like you know they had it's a beautiful. They've had the it's a family business, and the lady who worked at the last blockbuster, um, was was such a uh, obviously a com, you know community person, someone who just enjoyed the presence of locals. Hi, dude. This is Ube, my cat. Hello, Hello Ube. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's it's a very nice like light-hearted film and or documentary and uh, yeah, it, it's just interesting the just how fast something like that can change. And they actually interview the guy, the all the CEOs and the people who founded Blockbuster, and they actually said that um, it's not the streaming. Um, it's not. There's two things. Streaming did not kill Blockbuster. It was the financial crisis that put him in so high of a debt that they weren't able to get out of it. We're talking 2008? Uh, like, pretty much before... Yeah, I mean, obviously, as of right now, streaming's probably canceled all the rentals. But well, I, I, just, I just meant which financial crisis were, were you referring to? Oh, two, yeah, the, I think the 2008. The 08. Yeah, the gotcha, 08 gotcha, crisis. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. And uh, also, the... Um, here, here was a fun, interesting fact. Blockbuster, the company, had the option to acquire Netflix. I remember this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's some very interesting facts that get dropped on us in this documentary. So I, I really enjoyed it. It kind of brought me back to when I used to rent movies with my family and friends and um, and just the option, the, the, the kind of choices that you make at the movie store sometimes you you go there with the idea of like what you want to get and sometimes you're just like man i want to just check out this brand new movie here so i i just think it's uh, that part of our lives uh, especially you know it's just it's just so different now and i, I do miss that it, it, it does a good job to kind of bring you back to that so um but yeah check it out that um, does sound really good i remember like um being really young and like you know it was still vhs's at that point and so we'd get the VHS of a rated R movie. And what you had to do was you squeeze because the VHS tapes were in like this plastic thing. And if you squeeze the side, then the tape would come out. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we'd take the R rated tape and put it into a PG or PG 13 cover up, dude. and rent. And yeah, that was, 
Man, that makes me think of when I was living in Pacifica, like growing up, dude. I uh, there was a before Blockbuster and, and you know, all the Hollywood videos, like the local video store, like was around the corner, and yeah, we had Ultimate Video. Yeah, dude, I remember that. I remember there was like a, a adult section too. Oh yeah. I, I wonder if uh, you're saying Pacifica. I wonder if do you remember the name of it? Because my cousin Mickey and you know, Alberto and all those guys, Brandon, they all um, worked at the um, video store in Pacifica. I'm I, blanking on the name, I, but if I heard it, I'd know it. I can't remember. Oh, man. I, I can't remember the place what it was called. I, I couldn't. I could close my eyes and picture it, like, what it looked like, man. It, it's just so crazy. I can remember that. But, yeah, it, it, I I can't remember the name. Yeah. They, um, they shot part of their short film there, uh, Bling Bling Scramble. Maybe that might be the one. I'll have to... Maybe I'll ask my dad later and see if he if he remembers where uh, what it was called at the time. But yeah, I remember video stores were just like such a fun thing. That was like my one I of miss it. Things. I miss it so much. When um, I mean, it's not renting, but when I went to SF State, you know, I hated it. I didn't. I never wanted to be there. So SF State is across the street from Stonestown Mall, and I would instead of going to class, I would just go to Suncoast. And buy movies. Spend Sun hours Coast, looking man. at movies and buying DVDs. I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's how I spent my Starbucks paychecks. Um, movies, dude. I just packed know. away all my man. I I did some cleaning around the house and uh, packed up my DVDs in a in a little container. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get rid of the cases. I kept the cases. I, I don't. Uh, Good. Luckily, I don't have as many. DV- I, I think I've probably let go of a few over the years, but, um, yeah. I, I just and it's weird because I they just kind of stayed where they were at, you know, in my shelves or whatever, not really getting much yeah. use. And but I figured I'll, I'll keep them, you know, as you know they fit in a box for me at least, like a storage box. So if it's Fair. like one of these days, I might do like a maybe that might be an interesting thing to pick those open again. Hell so. yeah. But anyways, Joey, what are you sharing this week, man? What do you got anything to share? <laughs> I got nothing. I I'll say I'll say check out uh <coughs> the little vine on Grant in San Francisco. Um it's a nice little shop um shop-y. with uh, like natural wines and cheeses and um Every day they make just one kind of sandwich. Um, so every day of the week is a different sandwich, but they only make that one kind of sandwich on that day. Sunday is the cheesemongers. Whoever's working there gets to choose the sandwich that day, and they are nice. delish. That sounds good. Um, yeah, Sunday we had like a like a salami, salami provolone kind of thing. It was, <coughs> mm. it was, it was a good wet sando. Mm. Um, so shop local and, and yeah. I don't know. Do that. <laughs> Do that. Um, that is that is what I've got, my friend. Nice, dude. I like it, man. You maybe want to get a sandwich or make a sandwich right now. I know. I'm so That's hungry. Really yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jonathan, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Sean Day Music, on my website, SeanDayMusic.net. Net. And then, uh, yeah, guys, check out the sonic writers synthesis ep that came out um you can find us uh at the sonic writers on social media and just give it a listen give us a follow and uh yeah i mean support the record as much as you can there you go do it 
Joey, where can we find you on the internet? You can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Joey Parati and on my website, joeyparati.com. You can check out the show at Top 5 Pod. That's T-O-P-F-I-V-E 5 P-O-D on Instagram, on Twitter, on gmail.com, on YouTube. We're on Facebook at Top 5 Podcast. We're also on Anchor, which means we're now on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify. We're on all the things. We're on all, all the them. things. So yeah. please give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your love. And Jonathan, we will give you... Uh, all the epic, historically epic times in return. <laughs> I'll never get I can right. get on board with that. I can get <laughs> on board with that. Until next time, I'm Joy Prodding. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks for listening. Oh. <laughs>